Please pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it may seem premature this morning to start talking of planting and watering and growing. We are, after all, still in the dearth of February, that shortest of months, which somehow also seems to go on forever. But I have noticed that the days are getting longer, so perhaps it's not too early to begin to hope for spring. And so in that spirit, we will talk of planting and watering and growing. And it can hardly be avoided because the Bible loves a botanical metaphor. You can barely turn a page without reading about how something is like a seed or a tree, like sowing or reaping, like a field or a vineyard. Now, we don't hear from St. Paul today one of the Bible's most famous horticultural images, but we do hear one that I think is important for the church to remember. Because we, like the Corinthian Christians, live in a divided church. Now, that division is not apparent at every level. I must say that we here do a remarkably good job of doing our best to live together in peace. And so do the people in all the parishes that I serve. But the division that exists at higher levels in the church nevertheless always affects us. And I also am assuming that we're all aware that the church is not the only divided institution around. That we live in a world full of division, from divided nations right down to divided families. And we live lives of divided hearts and minds. Now the power of that division may ebb and flow. We may find ourselves at a high point now. We may be at a low point at some other point in our life. But it's always there in one way or another. Because that division is part of the human condition. And like all parts of the human condition, it's ultimately something that can only be escaped by God's grace. The problem is the church is supposed to be the community of that grace. The church is supposed to be the place where the world can look and see what it's like for vastly diverse people to live together with one heart. And so Paul was naturally frustrated with the squabbling among the Corinthians. Because this picture they were showing to the world was not of God's unifying grace, but rather of just more human division. I belong to Paul, and I belong to Apollos. They fought with each other, each claiming a better spiritual pedigree than the others. Now we divide along different lines, and we may give our factions different labels, but at its heart the conflict is just the same. Who among us, by what we do or what we think, is closer to God? Is it us or is it them? Now, the answer, of course, is both and neither. Because there's nothing we can do or know to bring ourselves closer to God. In that respect, we are little better than seeds thrown out on the frozen February soil. Maybe full of the potential of life, but without the capacity to really do anything about it. 
We cannot do anything or know anything on our own. We need each other. And beyond that, we need God. Before we can poke our heads out of the dirt, let alone be ready for the harvest. Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. What our sad divisions cause is that we are cut off from planters and waterers. And we do not grow as fully as God would have us. Now that's not to say that there is never a time where separation is advisable. Never a time where we have to discern, perhaps painfully, that line between the field where God's work is being done and the field where another's work is underway. Jesus and Paul both tell us that we, for the sake of a sham unity, should never ignore the distortion of the gospel in our midst. One plants and another waters, but there are also always those who would uproot and poison. Those that I think are especially apparent today who would sow a false gospel of anger and fear rather than the gospel of joy and peace. And we're under no obligation to maintain fellowship with those who would in that way deny Christ, even though they might label themselves and everything else they do with his name. But how are we to know with whom we should jealously guard the bonds of unity and with whom we might better part ways? Well, we will know them by their fruit because their fruit is the growth and God gives the growth. Now that growth is not a number recorded in the parish register or in the treasurer's ledger. Those things can, in fact, be most misleading. The growth is a condition of our hearts, which shows itself in our hearts as individuals, but more clearly must show itself in our hearts as a community of Christ. For wherever the seed that is planted is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and wherever the water that is poured is the power of the Holy Spirit, then the growth that is given will be nothing other than the universal love of God. And that fruit we must embrace no matter what field we find it growing in, so that together we might flourish into God's mighty harvest of abundant life for all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.